Already Home Podcast. I am Scoots Bronson. This is another week that we doing it, man. I'm glad to be back. I know you guys are wondering what the hell is going on, but hey, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is, man. I'm out here working. Uh, I got a whole nother podcast that I'm doing, 15 Minutes of Fame. You guys can go check that out. Please subscribe to that. Um, and if you're a first-time listener, please subscribe to uh, this podcast as well. Um, I'm also doing YouTube content um, and Instagram TV content. I have a new vlog series that I just put out uh, called Extroverting with the Introvert. And it just basically chronicles everything that I do on a daily basis when I have to leave outside of my house, when I really don't want to leave outside of my house, and I just want to be a hermit and chill. So you guys can go check that out, man, and uh, see what that's about. I greatly appreciate it if you do. Um, make sure you guys comment and like that as well. Um, but like I said, man, I, I, I just really just been putting in this work, man. I've been trying to put out as much content as possible. I've been really doing some great and amazing things. I'm still working on graphics for Overly Opinionated. Um, I'm still trying to make sure that I'm putting myself on the line to, you know, do excuse me, do a bunch of different things, man. I, I'm really just kind of spreading myself thin on a bunch of different projects and I'm just trying to make sure I'm working it all out, you know? Um, but now that we're here, man, let's go ahead and uh, get into some news and topics. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it, it kind of pains me to even talk about this. Uh, some some crazy stuff happened this past week in the NFL. Um, on Thursday night, there was a, a primetime game between the Browns and the Steelers. For anybody that follows me or anybody that knows me, they knows that uh, I'm sorry, they know that I'm a Browns fan. And um, the Browns got a win over the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, but unfortunately, it was all swept under the rug. Due to an altercation that happened at the end, um, the defensive end for the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett, hit the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph, in the head with uh, his hel- with Mason Rudolph's helmet. And there was a lot of controversy surrounding the situation. Uh, it's been talked about all week long, and I just kind of want to give my piece on it personally, right? So. Um, where do I start, man? Where do I start? I'm going to start here. Um, I watched that game from beginning to end as a fan. And when when that altercation happened, I stopped being a fan and I watched as a bystander. I watched the same way that everybody else watched along with um, just, just watching football, right? And... If you watch that, if you watch that game, you kind of know where everything kind of stems from. If you watch that game, you see Mason Rudolph throwing four interceptions, and then Mason Rudolph throwing the fourth interception. You see Mason Rudolph storm off the field in a fit of rage. He's snatching off the straps to his chin strap. Um, he, he's kind of eager to get to the sideline because he's frustrated because the defense is getting the best of him. With um, with about 10 to 12 seconds left in the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers run a play, and Miles Garrett, of course, goes after Mason Rudolph because that's his job. He plays defensive end. He's supposed to tackle the quarterback, get a sack, and make a play on defense. Um, Mason Rudolph threw the pass. He got it out the he, uh, he got the ball out of his hands before Miles Garrett could get to him. In the midst of Mason Rudolph throwing the ball out of his hands, Miles Garrett is already engaging in a tackle to to get Mason Rudolph. He grabs Mason Rudolph in the midst of grabbing Mason Ru- Mason Rudolph. He's um he's going he's following through with his tackle, and Mason Rudolph is basically going down on the ground and Miles Garrett is, is being hit by blockers and everything else. Now, once they're on the ground, Mason Rudolph is grabbing Miles Garrett's helmet 
and he's twisting it and trying to yank his helmet off. Miles Garrett somehow gets free. He's he's getting up off of the quarterback, uh, Mason Rudolph. And Rudolph then proceeds to kick Miles Garrett in the groin. And in the midst of all this, Miles Garrett is still um he, he still has Mason Rudolph, well he grabs Mason Rudolph's face mask and he proceeds to yank Mason Rudolph's helmet off. The same thing that Mason Rudolph couldn't do to him. Now, in the middle of all of that, the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Castro, I believe his number is 66, he is getting in between Rudolph and getting in between Miles Garrett. He's pushing Miles Garrett back to de-escalate the situation. Mason Rudolph then gets up. He runs towards Miles Garrett as the Castro is pushing him back, and he proceeds to swing on Miles Garrett and uh, proceeds to attack Miles Garrett as Miles Garrett is being pushed back. Once that happens, Miles Garrett decides to swing the helmet that's in his hand and hits Mason Rudolph on the top of his head with um, the edge of the helmet. Now, um, where do I begin? That's that's pretty much the, just the synopsis and the and the play by play of what happened. Um, as a Cleveland Browns fan, a lot of people were saying that I was biased in my opinion. Um, a lot of people were, of course, calling me names. I was being called a plethora of n words. I was I don't know how many niggas I was. Uh, the first comment that I even got that day, I was a basic nigger. Um, but first I'll give you my opinion and then I'll tell you, uh, what I really feel about the situation. So my opinion of the situation is, is that Mason Rudolph was in the wrong, of course. Anytime you're in the game, I don't care what the situation is and you run the play. Being a former, being a former football player. I totally understand what Miles Garrett was. You give everything you got until the clock strikes zero. You don't you don't go half ass at all, right? He continued to make a play. He went to go sack the quarterback. The quarterback just luckily got the ball out of his hands in time. And in the midst of engaging the quarterback, Miles Garrett, of course, tackled the quarterback. Now, a lot of people were saying that the ball was already out of his uh out of Rudolph's hands. That Miles Garrett should have just stopped. He could have just let go. I don't know how many people out there have ever played sports or how many people out there have ever played football. But I can tell you 100% that it takes <laughs> it takes so much to be able to, to maneuver yourself at top speed. It takes so much to be able to maneuver yourself when somebody else is in front of you pushing you the opposite way. So when you get a chance to actually do the motion and go through the motions that you're trying to go through, you can't stop yourself. There's no way that Miles Garrett could have avoided hitting Mason Rudolph. Let me say that first and foremost. There's no way that could have happened. Um, in the midst of Mason, uh, in the midst of Miles Garrett even tackling Mason Rudolph, his his face is facing the player. It's not facing the ball. He's not paying attention to the ball. He's paying attention to the quarterback. So him grabbing the quarterback and tackling the quarterback, he doesn't know if the quarterback has the ball or not. Most defensive linemen don't know. They're going after the quarterback. Not even to mention that there's a stat for them actually hitting the quarterback even when the quarterback doesn't have the ball. So... In Miles Garrett's defense, he basically did his job. A lot of people were saying to me that uh, that I was stupid and I don't know the game and I don't know what I'm talking about and just they were saying a, a, just a, a bunch of stuff just based off of what I had posted on Twitter and I basically said on Twitter that um, the synopsis of it all you can go to my Twitter if you want to look at it but. I basically said that Mason Rudolph should be equally punished 
as well as Miles Garrett. They both made stupid decisions. They both they both made very bad decisions that ultimately escalated into something way bigger than what it should have been. But instead of everybody reading whatever I posted, of course, they looked at the picture that I posted. And the picture that I posted was a meme that was showing Mason Rudolph twisting and yanking on Miles Garrett's helmet. But in the meme, it said that uh, basically it was stating that, that Mason Rudolph started it. And a lot of the uh, tweets that was coming at me was basically saying, how did he start it? Blah, 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 blah whatever. My stance this whole time has been that both of them should receive equal punishment because if Mason Rudolph does not grab Miles Garrett's helmet, Miles Garrett doesn't grab Mason Rudolph's helmet. And if Mason Rudolph doesn't then get up to chase Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett doesn't hit him in the head with the helmet. So to me, I felt like what both of them did was stupid. What both of them did was um, utterly immature and what both of them did was unnecessary. They're professionals. They should play like professionals. And they should exude the professionalism that they're supposed to. Unfortunately, um, the NFL doesn't, didn't feel the same way. The NFL fined uh, three players, ultimately Marquise Pouncey of the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Ogan Joby of the Cleveland Browns, and Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. Mason Rudolph was basically... Um, he was let go without any kind of reprimand. Now, when I finally seen everything that was going on and I seen that that's what they were basically, um, that's what they were basically doing, it, it kind of hit me and it, and it kind of showed the situations that are, that are going on in the NFL. It kind of justified everything that, uh, Excuse me. It kind of justified everything that people are feeling about the NFL um, with the Kaepernick situation, which I'm going to get to in a minute. And if you, you know, is first and foremost, this is this is not a sports podcast. I use we usually don't talk about sports, but I had to get this off my chest because to me, I felt like this went beyond sports. This kind of went to um, this kind of mirrored what's going on in society, right? And they, soon as the play happened, after it was done and everything happened, they instantly showed the replays of Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph in the head with the helmet. They didn't show, I think they probably showed it twice. They showed Mason Rudolph basically trying to take off Miles Garrett's helmet, which he was unsuccessful. Um, but in that short span of time that it happened, because it happened so quick, like even even if you go back and watch the, the replay of the game or the replay of what happened in that play, the camera didn't even catch what happened. The camera had to move and then go back to see what was going on. But what, what it really showed was how fast the media is at demonizing black men. Miles Garrett is a, at least as far as we know, he's a stand-up guy. We we don't really know too much about Miles Garrett. He's not really a talkative guy. He's really not in the media. But we do know that the NFL tried to make him the face of defensive linemen for the last two, three years. We do know that um, he's probably been one of the most talked about uh, defensive linemen in the league. We do know that he may be the most penalized defensive lineman in the league, but let that set aside. He's basically just been the ideal defensive lineman in the NFL. Um but but the way that they portrayed uh Miles Garrett within that small time, it kind of showed me everything in a nutshell, we've seen this happen not only to just Miles Garrett. We've seen it happen to Antonio Brown. We've seen it happen to Le'Veon Bell uh, this past year. We've also seen it happen to Colin Kaepernick. Um, we, we've seen it happen to so many players. But this one was just, to me at least, it was it was very blatant. 
and it, and it's not because I'm a Cleveland Brown fan. It's just the, the fact that I've had a I had a chance to actually watch it happen in real time. I got a chance to see them literally take the narrative of Miles Garrett being a stand up guy and being so great. He he's doing projects in the community of Cleveland. You know, he's working with kids and and all these other things. And then in a small in a small split second, all of a sudden he's a menace. All of a sudden he's a monster. All of a sudden he he's just this bad guy and he you know he, he does these bad things. I even listened to the commentator say he even he the commentator brought up the fact that he's the most he's one of the most penalized defensive linemen in the game. As if that's his game. As if he as if he's a dirty player. We've seen dirty players in the league. We we we've seen them Dominican Sue do dirty plays. Miles Garrett is nowhere near that. Miles Garrett is totally different from that. The next day goes on, and I post to Twitter uh, pretty much just my opinion, which I just spoke about earlier. And then, of course, I got a, a barrage of tweets and everything else about how I'm stupid and how I'm dumb, how I'm just a basic nigger, and I'm just a stupid nigger and everything else. I don't take no offense to that. I already know what those guys think anyway. That's no that's not a surprise to me. Um what what did surprise me and what did disappoint me was Stephen A. Smith, somebody that I hold or, or I held in high regard um as a beacon of hope for young young or or black youth, right? Stephen A. Smith is somebody who is very articulate, um, very educated, and um, for those who don't know, he's the highest paid employee at ESPN. However, he 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 greatly disappointed me this uh, this past Friday because he took to the air to go against basically what everybody saw. And he left it to his his co-host, Max Kellerman, who's a white man, to basically stand up and say that Mason Rudolph was was basically um, he, he basically started the situation. He was the instigator in the situation. Um, salute to Josina Anderson, who also said the same thing. Her thing was that, you know, they both should be equally punished. Max Kellerman said it as well. And. To me, man, I, it, it really hurt me in a, in a weird way because it was just like, we all know, we all know how the media portrays black men, us. We know that. We know that soon as one of us does the smallest thing, they're going to blow it up as if it's the most detrimental thing to society. And the fact that every time you watch SportsCenter and they talk about it, or every time you watch Fox Sports or any news, any sports news um, outlet, they talk about the situation. They only show Miles Garrett hitting this guy in the head with a helmet. They don't show the initial altercation. They don't show what led up to that. They don't show any of that. They just show Miles Garrett hitting this guy in the head with a helmet. Miles Gary gets suspended indefinitely. Miles, uh, I'm sorry, Mason Rudolph, he goes scot free. If you've never heard of white privilege, this is it. Right here. This is it. It shows you everything you need to know, not only just about the NFL, but about society in general. The fact that this guy can can do whatever he wants. And he can turn it around that quick to, and play victim. Let you know everything you need to know. Once again, my stance is that they both should have been penalized. They both made stupid decisions. And they both should should have some sort of reprimand. But of course, Miles Garrett was the only one in that altercation who got reprimand. Um, between the two. Um, like I said, Ogunjobi, uh, the the other defensive lineman for the Browns, he got reprimanded, and so did Marquise Pouncey of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
he also got reprimanded, which I feel that neither one of them should have ever got reprimanded in the first place. Ogan Joby and Marquise Pouncey were doing what they were supposed to do. They were taking up for their teammates. They they were holding, you know, they were basically having the back of their teammates. Marquise Pouncey, if anything, um, I, sal- I salute him the most. He was actually trying to hold Mason Rudolph back. And once he seen Mason Rudolph get hit, then he... Uh, proceeded to go attack Miles Garrett. And to me, I feel like that's a guy that you want on your team. Like, to me, Marquise Pouncey is, um, he he's just the embodiment of a player that you want on your team. This ain't the first time it's, it's happened either. Marquise Pouncey always takes up for his teammate. So, between him and Ogun Joby, I think both of them should, should kind of not be affected by what happened. Um, if anything, they were they were more so victims of the situation. I feel like Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph should both be punished, but the fact that Miles Garrett is the only one that's punished and not Mason Rudolph, to me that kind of, you know, that kind of just let everything pretty much be shown. Um, I've even seen people compare what what Miles Garrett did to Vontez Burfitt. Um I've I I I've seen people even I've I've seen people saying that the whole game the Browns was you know they were making dirty plays. The game is the game. Um there was a play that that one of the one of the uh, receivers of the Pittsburgh Steelers got hit and he had to go into concussion protocol. And um, if you really look at it, the quarterback just made a bad play. He threw it in a double coverage initially, and the, the receiver ended up getting hit in the wrong way. That's pretty much all that it was to it. If you know football, if you ever played football and you've seen that play, you'd say it yourself. You'd be like, oh, well, that was just, just, yeah, that was just a bad throw. Why would he even throw it to him to begin with? He was already in double coverage. Not to mention there was a guy coming across the middle. But, I mean, that, that yeah, man, that's, that's just pretty much my take on that, man. I, I feel like both of them should be, uh, both of them should be reprimanded, not just Miles Garrett. I feel like Marquise Pouncey and Ogun Joby, I feel like they both should kind of be just let go scot-free. Um, they were just doing their job of protecting their teammates and standing up for their teammates, and uh, that's that. Um, but as far as the NFL goes, I'm definitely not finished. The NFL stands for National Football League. This week, it stands for nigga following line. I just want that to sink in real quick. Colin Kaepernick. Um, he got a chance to have a workout with NFL scouts, um, NFL executives this Saturday. And in the midst of everything that happened, um, they set it up to where NFL teams were going to come out and watch Colin Kaepernick work out to see if he still is capable of playing in the league, which everybody knows he should be very capable of playing in the league. He's had three years off the rest. Um, he then, I guess, switched the the location of the workout to a different um, area, and he decided to set things up in his own way. I want to commend Colin Kaepernick for doing that. I think Colin Kaepernick wanted to set the narrative that he wanted to set. I think Colin Kaepernick wanted to let the NFL know that his stance has not changed and that regardless of his stance um, changing or not, that he's still a capable quarterback. Um, Once again, I'm very, very disappointed in Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith once again had the opportunity to take his voice, the loudest voice of ESPN, the most prominent voice of ESPN. He had a chance to take his voice and say something important and say something that's going to make a change. 
Instead, he he didn't do that. He took his voice to to demean the 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 purpose of what Kaepernick was doing. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, what did Kaepernick do? He really didn't do anything important. To me, I feel like he did something very important. He made a huge decision to take things into his own hands. He made a huge decision to create his own narrative besides the narrative that could have been painted by the NFL. I feel like if he would have went into the initial workout they'd have probably said that he didn't throw as good or they could have made anything up. But instead, he decided to get it to where he had control of everything and they then were forced to be able to tell the truth. And they had to tell the truth. He has an elite arm. We know he has an elite arm. He's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Why wouldn't he have an elite arm? To be honest with you, I feel like and I know a lot of people are probably going to flip on me about saying this, but I don't think that, and, and this is this is my hindsight. This is this is me looking back, you know, 2020. Um, I don't think that Colin Kaepernick was, was blackballed from the league because of him kneeling. I don't feel like he was, uh, and I'm not going to say that per se. I'm just going to say I don't think that that was the ultimate reason. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think that was the ultimate reason, right? To me, I feel like the the ultimate reason that Colin Kaepernick was was kicked out the league and blackballed from the league is because he defied the shield. And you know, when when he was kneeling, they were losing, they were losing customers, which means basically that their bottom line is affected. I'm sure that they said to him, "Hey, you got to stop kneeling." He didn't stop kneeling, so once again, their bottom line is affected. So what do they do? They say, well, we got to get him out the league. He's all of a sudden out of the league, and boom. He doesn't get picked up by another team. We got to remember that this just isn't a game. The NFL is no longer just a football game. The NFL is a business. Each player on the field in, in themselves is a business. They all have their own brand. They all have their own chances to make money outside of the business that they're in. They don't go to play football every Sunday, Thursday, Monday to just play football. They're doing it because that's their job. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people lose that, the, the sight of that this is not just them being athletes. No, this is their job. This is what they get paid to do. The same way you wake up in the morning, you go to work, you get paid to do that. They wake up in the morning and go to work to get paid to play football. And I think that a lot of people are kind of pushing that to the back and not really paying attention and, and, and realizing the fact that this is a job. This is not them living a dream. No, this is them going to work. And so... If you go to work and whatever you do is basically stopping your employer from making money, then, yeah, you're going to get fired. And to me, I felt like that's what they did. They tried to fire Colin Kaepernick. The only difference is, is that the job is a national. Uh, it's a national platform and you can't just fire Colin Kaepernick. Because what he stood for was something so much greater than what was going on. You just wanted him to stop. He could have protested in any way. He could have just basically raised his hand, raised his fist in the air or whatever. He could have protested in any way. He, if if the if the the people that watch the NFL that that's going against Colin Kaepernick, if they would have never complained about him kneeling, then it would never be a situation. He would never get blackballed from the league. They tried to make it seem like he was going against the military. That didn't work because we already knew what he was going against. We already knew why he was kneeling. So them trying to say that he's going against the military, sure, it worked for the people. Uh, that, that narrative worked for the people who was already against him kneeling. 
but it didn't work for the masses. And so they had to get him out of there. And when they did, they blackballed him. But this goes to show you just just how quickly they can turn on you. The fact that they turned on Miles Garrett that fast within those few seconds and using the same clip that they did, it goes to show you that they did the same thing to Colin Kaepernick on a much larger scale. I might be all over the place about it, but to me in the end, that's just what it is. The NFL just means a nigga fall in line. And that's pretty much my piece on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I kind of, I, I kind of see things in a totally different way. Um, I know, in the midst of everything that Stephen A. Smith has said, um, Eric Reed, who is a, a safety for, I believe, the Carolina Panthers, um. Eric Reed and uh, Stephen A. Smith were going back and forth on social media. To me, I, I, I'm i not going to lie to you, man. I'm even disappointed in Eric Reed. You know, you say you stand with Kaepernick and you say you, you know, you hold him down and every time something happens, you want to say that, you know, you want to disregard people for what they say. And then you want to bring up Kaepernick, but you're the one that's in the league. You're still getting a check. You're the one that's playing in the league. You have a jersey on. Colin Kaepernick doesn't. If you're if you so on his side, then why are you still playing? Why do you have a job and he doesn't? You know? I don't know. I mean, to me, man, it, this situation is just kind of everywhere. Um, I, I hope that Colin Kaepernick can get a job. I hope that he can uh, play so all this can be over with. Um, I, I felt like when Colin Kaepernick got that settlement that he was kind of going to uh, he was kind of going to get picked up by somebody eventually. Um, but we'll see with with this workout and everything that happens, man. We'll see in, in a few coming weeks or months or whatever. Um, but to get that out of the way, man, uh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Um, let me see the NCAA. Speaking of <laughs> nigga, fall in line. Um, the NCAA got broke down recently, man. They finally uh, are going to let athletes get paid. They're, they're going to let athletes, and I hate to say let, but I guess basically they're going to just say if, if athletes want to brand themselves, let them brand themselves. It's, it's too much controversy outside of everything else. Um, but finally, athletes across the um, across. All states, not just California. We know that uh, California started it. The governor of California went ahead and uh, signed a bill on the shop, which is the show of LeBron James, which allowed um, which allowed college players to ultimately get paid by using their name and likeness. And now the NCAA has fought, uh, they fell in line as well and did the same thing. So now all college players can finally earn some type of income in college by using the name and likeness. Hopefully that brings back uh, the NCAA football games and basketball games, which everybody has been talking about since they shut that shit down. Um, I'm actually excited to see this because now you're going to see a lot more people um, within the within college ranks you know, doing their thing. It's a chance for them to really get you. And to me, I feel like it's a chance for them to get used to the professional level. Um, in the professional level, when you sign autographs and do take pictures and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, you can charge for it and you can get paid for it and everything else. You can get endorsements and everything else. So now I feel like at the college level, if they do the same thing, they get paid for autographs and pictures and endorsements. Then by the time they get to the NFL, they're going to be savvy enough to, um, they're going to be savvy enough to let this shit work for them in the end of it all. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's just pretty much all I got to say about that. I'm 
I don't know, man. I'm kind of lucky, sick of sick of football in general, sick of sports in general. Um, I, I just feel like it's a bunch of bullshit going on, and you know, somebody said a long time ago that sports and politics are a reflection of society, and if the NFL is a reflection of society, then that's a society that I no longer want to be a part of. And uh, us as a people, as citizens, we got to make a change. Um, but I do want to go on a brighter note, man. Salute to Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart just returned from it. Uh, he just recovered from his car accident. Um he just received the People's Choice Awards. He gave a great speech. I thought it was um, a beautiful speech. And uh, he, he's back intact, man. And hopefully, he'll be back giving us uh, the great content that he gives as usual. Hopefully, he gives us a better stand-up because the last few have been trash. But that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? But I don't want to give any backhanded comments. But salute to Kevin Hart, man. It's good to see him back doing his thing. Um... And, and, and it's good that, you know, he's handling business. He got some movies coming out this year, so hopefully, uh, you know, he'll he'll hold it down. Um, Drake got booed at the Camp Flognaw Festival held by Tyler, the Creator. And that was amazing to me because I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I didn't know Drake was gonna get fucking booed. You know what I mean? I, I would have never thought in a million years that one of the greatest artists of this generation was gonna get booed. Um, Drake is Drake is the guy right now. He's the he's the go to this generation. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you can argue with me if you want, but you're not gonna find a better guy than Drake. He can do anything. He can do it all. Uh, besides perform at the Camp Flognaw Festival. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, the 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 audience pretty much thought that they were gonna get uh Frank Ocean as a headliner. Um, of course, they were dissatisfied when they seen that Drake was the guy who came out. And um, they booed. Some people booed him. Of course, some people cheered. But Drake, in, in, in all his professionalism, he held it, he held it down. Um, he got out of there scot-free, and he did what he had to do. Uh, salute to him, though, because he, uh, he has a residency now at the Camp Flognaw Festival. So they got to deal with that nigga now, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, Kanye West, sick of this nigga. For real, for real, man. I'm, I'm really sick of this nigga, man. He, he put out uh, Jesus is King. I'm not gonna lie to you. If Jesus came back, or whenever Jesus do come back, he gotta whoop Kanye West's ass for making that weak ass album. Um, that shit was that shit was subpar as fuck, man. That's a one and done album. You if you get a full listen through that album. Yeah, you ain't gonna want that shit again. I know, of course, the weirdos out there probably making that shit number one, playing it over and over again. But that's not to me. I feel like as a, as a music lover and as a fan of Kanye, that's not an album that's worth a uh, replay. You know what I'm saying? The replay value on the album is low as shit, and uh, that album is shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. The the uh, the hardest part about that album is the joint that he did with the clips and then the intro. Other than that. The rest of that shit is ass. Um, but the funny thing is that uh, him and his wife, Kim Kardashian West, uh, are teaming up with the GOAT Ray J. Yes, I said it. They're teaming up with the GOAT Ray J. And it's not to do a threesome. It's to get Suge Knight the fuck out of jail. Um, Ray J not only hit it first, but he is getting these motherfuckers in, in order and, and still um, putting Kim on outside of uh, piping her down. And, um, yeah, they're supposed to be trying to get Suge Knight out of jail, man. They're trying to make it, uh, they're trying to get him exonerated from whatever nonsense that that motherfucker done did in life. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, shockingly, um, Monique is suing Netflix. And, I keep I, I kept seeing this posted as if um, I kept seeing this posted as if like this is something that people should really be like excited about. Um, I spoke on the Monique situation when it happened, but I'm going to speak on this as well. Let me put it like this. Monique is not going to win this fucking lawsuit. 
If anything, this shit is going to break her the fuck down. She is suing Netflix um, for discrimination on race and gender. Well, this is the worst time for her to ever do that. Because there's nothing on Netflix that shows you discrimination of race or gender. If you look at any of the stand-up specials on Netflix, most of them are women of color or just women. And then a lot of other ones are just people of color. You got Indian, you got Asians, you got black people, you got um, Mexican people, Hispanic people. Not to mention that Tiffany Haddish just came out with a special called They Ready, which she had um, a person of Latin origin. She had uh, a transsexual, um, she had a transsexual man on there, or transgender man, I keep saying transsexual, transgender man on there. She had a lesbian black woman on there, and uh, she had like two other people on there that basically went against everything Monique is talking about. Wanda Sykes has a special on Netflix. Amy Schumer has a special on Netflix. Um, I forgot what the... Uh, uh, Joe Coy, who's a, who's a Filipino, has a special on Netflix. Um, it, listen, she's not going to get this shit off. Let's just, let's just go ahead and call it spade a spade. This is a bad move on her part. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if they just waited her out or whatever. I think that Monique is stuck in the past. I think that she feels as if her accomplishments actually still mean something. When today in in this in in this uh space in this realm, it doesn't mean anything. Nobody cares about your past accolades anymore. I remember that she kept saying that she was the most accomplished comedian. Well, yeah, that's cool, but you haven't done anything lately. Nobody is checking for Monique. Nobody cares. Eddie Murphy is getting a deal. Eddie Murphy had to go do the Dolomite movie. I'm sure they pay Eddie Murphy a hell of a prize, but Eddie Murphy is one of the greatest comedians of all time. Monique is not that. Let's just call it spade a spade. You can act like she is if you want to, but that's subjective. But I can guarantee you if you put a group of people in there that love comedy, Monique will not be one of the greatest comedians of all time. Plain and simple. Um, I think she fucked that up. And uh, hopefully she get that shit fixed. So, out of that bullshit, man, um, let's go and get in the top five. <laughs> so, this week's top five, man, um, I had to go with uh, candy bars. Yes, I'm doing top five candy bars. Um, I, I had a candy bar recently, and I was like, God damn, that candy bar was good. I'm not a huge eater of sweets and sugar, but... When I do get a chance to eat any of it, uh, I kind of indulge. So um, I'm going to go ahead and give you my top five candy bars, man. Um, in no particular order, of course, I'm going to go Twix, Take Five, Snickers, Hershey's Chocolate Bar, Baby Root, and an honorable mention, man, I'm going to say Reese's Cup. Now, I know a lot of people say, man, that's not a fucking candy bar, but what the fuck is it? What do you classify the Reese's Cup as? I'm calling that shit a fucking candy bar. It's in the candy bar aisle with the rest of the candy bars. I'm calling that shit a candy bar. So, sue me. I don't care. It's a goddamn candy bar to me. But, um, I'm gonna go with Twix, man. Twix is my all-time favorite. Um, if I had to rank them in any order, that'd be number one, of course. Um, I love the caramel. I love the cookie inside it. The chocolate is great. You get two of them. Can't lose. Um, the Take 5. The Take 5 is an underdog. I don't think a lot of people fuck with the Take 5. But the Take 5 is like... Uh, to me, the Take 5 is the trail mix of candy bars. You got the peanut. You got the 
uh, uh, the pretzel. You got the peanut butter. You got uh, the chocolate. You got um, the nougat inside it as well, I believe. I mean, just the Take 5 is just a great fucking mix of a whole bunch of shit. Like, to me, I felt like somebody was smoking weed and was like, hey, man, let's put all this shit together. And that's how they came up with the Take 5. Um, the Snickers. Snickers is a classic. You can't go wrong with it. Caramel, nougat, uh, peanuts, chocolate. Come on, baby. You got that one. Um, the Hershey's Chocolate Bar. The classic. The all-time GOAT. Not my GOAT, but the all-time GOAT. You can't go wrong with a Hershey's Chocolate Bar. Whether it's dark chocolate, milk chocolate, uh, cookies and cream, whatever. The Hershey's Chocolate Bar is the the chocolate bar of all... Ch- uh, I'm sorry, the candy bar of all candy bars. And then you got Baby Ruth, man. Come on. Caramel and peanuts, man. It's just... Ah, it's just so good. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I if you give me a baby roof, man, I'm in there. You know what I'm saying? That's just one of the that's just one of those classic candy bars you can't you can't get enough of. And of course my honorable mention Reese's Cup. I said it was a candy bar. I know you're gonna say that ain't a goddamn candy bar. But you know what? Fuck you. It is a candy bar. You can't tell me that shit ain't no goddamn candy bar. Why is it right by the Snickers, my nigga? Why? You can't answer that? All right, then. It's a goddamn candy bar, man. Peanut butter, chocolate. That shit is the greatest combination anybody has ever made. You get two of them joints in a pack, and if you got enough money, you can get the king size. You can get four of them joints in a pack. Then, not only that, they broke that shit down, made them thicker, right? And then they made them thicker with the Reese's Pieces in it, my nigga. The Reese's Pieces is in it. Can't lose, baby. Can't lose. So, yeah, that's my top five, man. Um, Twix, Take Five, Snickers, the Hershey's Chocolate Bar, Baby Ruth, and, of course, my honorable mention is uh, the Reese's Cup. So, um, with that being said, man, I don't have any listener mail again. So, you know what I'm saying? If, if you're listening to this and you want to uh, you wanna give me some advice, you want to tell me how this episode went, you want to talk about a past episode or something that came up in a past episode, whatever, man. Hit us up, alreadyhomepodcast at gmail.com. We will answer all your, uh, any, anything that's being said in. Um, you can also hit us up on social media, Instagram, at alreadyhomepodcast. DM us a question. Just make sure you hashtag listener mail. Same thing on Twitter, at alreadyhomepod. Uh, you can hit us up on the tweet. Just make sure you hashtag listener mail. And um, we'll get to you in your tweet, in your DM, or the uh, email. Um, but before we go, man, my last word, man, let me talk about my last word. That shit is fucking trash, dog. Yeah, so, man, uh, this time, man, I really want to just talk about ownership. Um, with everything that's been going on, uh, in the, with the NFL situations, we talk about Colin Kaepernick. We talk about how, or I talk about how they villainized uh, Miles Garrett and tried to demonize everything that he did. Um, we talk about, uh, we can talk about the Byron Allen situation, which I didn't want to bring up because I really don't know too much about it. But uh, I do know that he's going to court over um, some ownership issues and um, some fair act rights. So um, ownership, man, you know, if 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 you're in control of everything, nobody can tell you what to do. Nobody can tell you that you're not good enough. Nobody can tell you that you're not qualified. No one can tell you that you're not able to do it. Um, I feel like that if you can own whatever you do, please do it. Uh, that's one of the reasons I went into podcasting personally, because... I can control my environment. I can control my content. I can control kind of everything that I'm doing. And I think that that's very important because at the end of the day, it's your vision. At the end of the day, it's your dream. And if you don't have control of that, then who does? And how can they do it better than you when you came up with the idea? Exactly. So, with that being said, man, whatever you do, make sure you get control of it. Make sure you own it. Make sure you are the sole proprietor. And that's all I got to say, man. That's my last word. 
So, man, with that being said, let me go ahead and give a shout-out to my guy, S. Dot Foster, and uh, my main man, Uncle Washington, over at the Stolen Time Podcast. Make sure uh, I give a shout-out to uh, Easy Carter, you know what I'm saying, um, my main man, James, the two new co-hosts, um, the beautiful ladies of the First Class Podcast, you know what I'm saying, go subscribe to those two podcasts, Stolen Time, um, and check out uh, 28 Minutes or Less. From uh, my guy, S. Guy Foster. Make sure you go to the First Class Podcast. Um, salute to Miss Nicole Banks, man, who I had the pleasure of interviewing for um, 15 Minutes of Fame. She'll be the episode that comes out Tuesday. Salute to Nate Washington, man. He's going to be the episode that comes out Thursday. So you get a chance to hear both of those um, compelling stories, man. Great content. Um I can't wait for you guys to hear it all. Make sure you guys go check out my podcast, 15 Minutes of Fame. Uh, Also, man, make sure you go to ovop.storeenvy.com and go get you a shirt, man, of Overly Opinionated. That's my t-shirt clothing line, man, graphic t-shirts with, um, you know, with some flair to it, man. That's, That's pretty much all it is. But um, it's, it's beautiful. I do all the designs myself. I come up with everything, all the ideas and everything. It's all 100% me. Um, salute to my guy, Gan, man. Make sure y'all go follow my guy, Gan. Detroit Gan 84 on Instagram. Detroit underscore Gan on Twitter. And Detroit Gan content on... I'm sorry, Motor City Gan content on Facebook. If you want to follow me, man, it's simple. Just go to um, at Scoots Bronson on Twitter. That's where I do most of my damage at. Y'all can fuck with me there. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, Already Home Podcast, um, on Instagram, Already Home Pod on Twitter. And, of course, if you want to send mail or if you want to send any ideas, topics you want to hear about, anything like that, make sure you go to Already Home Podcast at gmail.com. And, um, man, listen, that's that, man. Um, I do appreciate you guys listening. You know, 100%, man. You guys really, really, you know, show me love, and I love that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Thank you guys for being patient with me with everything that I'm doing right now. Like I said, I'm spreading myself thin, man. And uh, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's, it's really fucking worth it, man. And I love doing this shit, and it's fun. So with that being said, man, you already know, it ain't where you from, it's where you at. This is the Already Home Podcast. We out! We out! We out! We out!